Welcome to Live Unreal with Jeff Glover and Glover U. So we're going to shift gears and uh, we're actually going to start getting into some tactics now. Although, you know, day one is always heavier on the mindset and, you know, on the emotional side. We do that intentionally because we've got to be mentally ready to receive the information. And so we feel it's our job at Glover U to always mentally prepare you to receive the information that we're going to share. And so um, it was probably about two months or so ago that I started thinking about how cool would it be if I collected all of my thoughts around going back to, and some of you are familiar, uh, in 2007, at the end of 07, I made a commitment to sell 100 houses in 2008. You already heard a little bit of the story. And I thought about, because the year before, in 07, I sold 43. So what did I do to go from 43 to 100? Like, what changed? First of all, that's drastic. Uh, it's, it's not common. Uh, in fact, that year I sold 102 houses. But it's, it's not common for someone to go from 40 to 100. It's, you, you could go from 80 to 100 relatively easily. You can go from 90 to 100 relatively easily. Um, but from 43, to be exact, to 102, to be exact, that is, that is a tall task. And so I started thinking, okay, what did I do specifically that year, A, and B, what did I continue? Because from 2008 until 2019, I never dropped below 100. In fact, hitting a peak of 227 transactions myself personally. And still over the last decade, no, that's all right, thank you. Still over the last decade, my personal average is over 100 transactions a year over the last 10 years. And so, you know, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know because I think one of the reasons why Glover U is experiencing the growth that it's experiencing is because we're in it with you. I mean, we are one to two years ahead of most of the other trainers and conferences out there because they're out there regurgitating stuff that their clients and, and agents are telling them. They're not in the trenches with you. And so therefore, and I hear this all the time, you know, I had somebody ask me, I think it was in Salt Lake City, they came up to me during a half day session and said, I have to ask, you know, because I've been in doing this for a long time. I've been to a lot of conferences. I've had coachings and da, 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 da. How do you come up with all this content? And really without even thinking about it, my response was, I don't have to come up with content. I just share with you what we do. There is no thinking of content to bring to the Live Unreal Summit. It's just thinking of packaging what it is we do in a way that you can take it and work it and use it in your own markets. And so what I'm about to share with you is something that I've never shared before to this level. I actually wrote at the top, it says how to go from 40 or how I went from 43 to 102 in one year. And so as I started writing these notes, I started thinking, well, how could I make it to where, in other words, I can't, there were unique things that happened that year, which I'm going to share with you, but there's also things that I continued to do for the next decade that I felt were very important to do so. Now, the reality is when I make a statement or, you know, when I share, hey, I'm going to share how we went from 43 or how I went from 43 to 102. Because, by the way, that's no admin. That's no team. Uh, I ended up hiring a, a part-time ISA about halfway through that year. And, and that was it. It was just me, myself, and I door knocking and making calls. However, I know when I say I'm going to share with you the 100 deal a year plan, I know I lose about half my audience. And I lose about half my audience usually one of two reasons. Number one. You don't have to sell 100 homes to live your unreal life in your market because your average sales price is higher. Or number two, you think it is impossible or will, take, or will absolutely sacrifice your lifestyle and so it's not worth it. 
So what I'm going to ask you is regardless of where you fall, and of course, by the way, for those of you that are in this room and would like a plan to sell 100 homes in 2024, raise your hand and say, yeah, real high, real high, real high. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay, I guess I'm wrong. Because I thought when I talk about 100, ah, nobody wants to hear about 100, you know, you realize what they're going to have to sacrifice to do that. So then I'm like, well, okay, fine, I'll share the 50 deal a year plan. Well, that's not exciting. So I decided to stick with the 100 deal a year plan. And I'm going to share that with you now, if you would turn to a clean sheet of paper in your workbook. Again, I wrote at the top how I went from 43 transactions to 102 in one year. And as I started writing this, I was thinking of things that I continued year after year. So some of it is first year stuff. And some of it is stuff that I did the first year, but I continued to implement. Or maybe I didn't do it the first year, but I did in year two and so forth. So let me walk you through it. And we have two segments during this portion. Uh, so we might not get through all of these. And if, if we don't, then that's okay. I'll cover you know, the rest of the list tomorrow. But I have written down at the top, year one plan to sell 100 homes. Here's point number one. Ready? Point number one. We must first understand, if you want to sell 100 homes in 2024, we must first understand why we want 100 closings. Point number one, we must first understand why we want 100 closings. In other words, what will it do for you? Uh, is it ego? Is it an award? Is it the money? Is it what you're going to do with the money? Why do you want it? Is it outside pressure? For me, I wrote down for me at age 24, 100 sales meant about a half a million in commissions in my market, which got me a few options off of my vision board. And for me, I wanted to get into, actually, a lot of people don't know this. For me, it was, I was very um, adamant about getting into a particular mastermind where I could surround myself with people that are doing far greater things than me. And I knew that the minimum to get in this group was 100 transactions a year. And so I was chasing growth. The way I saw it was, this will give me an opportunity to grow. If I can do 100, then I can get into this mastermind, and I'm going to be able to do even more from there. So that's where it came from. Of course, options are fun, as you saw. Having options, places, and things, and experiences, and so forth, all of that will play into that. But ultimately, what is like deep down? Why are you doing it? I also wrote down, uh, because there was an agent in, in my office who was the number one agent in our town. I actually happened to work in the same office as the guy that was the number one agent in our town. His name was Chris Knight. He's no longer with us today, but he is absolutely somebody that I admired and looked up to. And he's also somebody that I wanted to beat. And so I was competitive, he was competitive, and it worked out great that I was in an environment where I had somebody to be competitive with. So why do you want 100 sales? What will it do for you? What will the impact be? If you can't give me the exact specifics, when I sell 100 homes, I'm going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I can give you specifics. I can see it. I can taste it. It's right there within reach. If you can't do that, it ain't going to happen. You've heard me teach before, and I, I didn't do it during this Live Unreal Formula for sake of time, the life at the new level activity, all right? For those of you that are, familiar, that are familiar with it, just bear with me for a few moments while I share it. And for those that are not, you may want to write this down on the next page, all right? Because um, this is an activity that you should be doing every year. And this goes along with point number one. So if you want to write it underneath it, that's fine too. Just know that your point number two is going to be on two or three pages. Does that work with, okay with you, Dan? My high analytical friends in the front, I got to check, okay? 
So what, what does that mean by the life at the new level activity? Some of you guys have seen this in the business plan. I believe actually of all parts of the plan, if you don't do this part first, the plan is almost worthless. I mean, it's gonna look good on paper. Your coach is gonna be impressed. Your broker or team leader or leader of your team is gonna say, yeah, that's a pretty thorough business plan. If you don't do this activity to a very deep level, you might as well just throw the business plan in the trash because the activities and actions that follow the plan are not going to take place. And, and honestly, this is not, I, I said these are in no particular order, and it's also no surprise without thinking, my first thought, my very first thought when I sat down on an airplane, probably an Air Canada plane that didn't have Wi-Fi, because those planes never have Wi-Fi. When I sat, where are my Canada friends at, by the way? Canada? Oh, come on, you guys are normally more loud and obnoxious than that. Where's my Canada friends at? Not bad, all right, thanks for making the trip. So, by the way, that's where I do some of my best thinking, right? I actually challenge myself, here's a little insider tip on mindset and just getting better. I will intentionally buy Wi-Fi for just one hour. Why do I do that? Well, because I know that if I discipline myself enough to spend one hour going through whatever it is I need to go through, then that gives me the remaining two hours or one and a half hours or whatever is left in the flight to have thoughts and clarity and no distractions. So whenever you're boarding a plane and you think, well, I gotta get a lot of stuff done, I'll just you know, get the Wi-Fi and get all my stuff, challenge yourself to get everything you need to get done in one hour and the last hour or the last two hours or whatever's left, use that time to think. There's no surprise it was my first one. Understand why you want 100 sales. What will it do for you? So beneath that point or on the next page, whatever's easier for you, I want you to draw a line right down the center of the page just like this. And at the top, I want you to write 2023 and 2024, all right? Because 2023 was so recent, we're gonna do it this way. If I did 2024, 2025, it would make sense because you're still thinking right here. Why would we think that far out? Which I appreciate the urgency. Okay, another, another reason why I'm so passionate, when, you know, people have three-year goals and five-year goals, and I think it's important, 10-year goals, everyone should have those. You understand the most important goals you can set are your one-year goals, because your one-year goal is the stepping stone to your three-year goals. There's so many people in the industry today that set three-year goals, five-year goals, and they forget what hap happens in the forefront. They forget about the grit and the hard work and the grind and everything they have to go to to get to that three-year goal and instead just want that three-year goal now. I was telling somebody yesterday, they said to me that they were getting back into, you know, they, they, they are um, in leadership and in development and also in recruiting. And they said they were getting back into production. And my response was, that will be the best thing that ever happened for your leadership, development, and recruiting. Because when you're in production and you're a leader in this industry, you become more attractive. And so that's why, of course, you know, I don't absolutely love listing and selling real estate. I mean, I could go without seeing another linen closet. I mean, yeah, I know you got rags in there. Cool. Okay. You know, or you know the buyers, right? They walk in. Oh, this place is a mess. This neighborhood stinks. We can never live here. But can we go upstairs? Let's take a look upstairs. Why do we need to look upstairs if you know for a fact you're not going to buy this house? Waste of time. Oh gosh, this backyard is tiny. We could never, we're not gonna have room for all of the stuff in the backyard, but can we go check out the basement? What's the point? You're not gonna buy the house, forget it. So in this particular activity, I want you to think about in 2023, 
by the way, I'm, I'm in it. I hope you understand that. I stay in it for you. All right. At this point, um, I probably could go without listing and selling real estate and we would still have some great trajectory, but that wouldn't be fair to you. Why? Because then you'd get left behind. You would be in a position where you're in the information and knowledge that we're sharing is six to 12, 18, 24 months behind because we're just regurgitating it like everyone else would be. And so I stay in this so that way you can get to your unreal life faster because I know the more people that get there faster, the faster that we'll get there and all of our coaches will get there. So here's an activity that I do every single year personally, and I'm going to encourage you if I were coaching you today, this activity is the most important activity in your business plan. Because if this doesn't happen, the business plan doesn't happen. So what do I mean by that? So what I want you to do first, and you know, I'm going to actually have you do it in this setting. I want you to think about in 2023, if I were to ask you the question, tell me about your life last year. Tell me your lifestyle. Well, what do you mean? Well, if, if you were to go back to the live unreal formula, the options, let's start with options. What did your life look like? What did you spend on this? Where did you eat out? What is your lifestyle? If I were to ask you the question, what does your lifestyle look like today? Explain it to me. Okay, I think I got it. All right, so we live in a three-bedroom house here. We drive this car. Um, we eat at uh, Applebee's on Fridays, and we, we, I belong to Planet Fitness, and uh, we go here, and my friends, and I cook Wednesdays and Thursdays, and I belong to a book club, and I belong to this pickleball club, whatever. Tell me what your life looks like. What did it look like in 2023? Think about expenses, think about your lifestyle, think about, your li think about things you enjoy, things you did that you enjoy. All right, we got that. Now, you don't have to write them all out, but you could go on and on. So I'll, I'll give you another 30 seconds or so, because a lot of you are writing, and I appreciate you participating. Get the juices flowing here, all right? We've already done some of that with you this morning. If I were, to, if I were sitting in front of you right now, tell me about your lifestyle. What did your life look like in 2023? Talk to me. Tell me. What'd you spend your money on? What'd you do on Friday nights? What gym do you belong to? How often do you work out? Why do you work out there? Tell me your lifestyle, all right? Now, I understand you wanna go from making half a million dollars a year to a million dollars a year, is that right? Yep. My business plan, this is gonna be the year, right? We had, we had uh, one of our coaches post in the Glover You Inner Circle, which by the way, uh, William Huffman, where are you at, William? William, William, where are you at, William? Hello? William Huffman. Oh, he might be doing a coaching session. Okay. William Huffman said, I'm posting it here for accountability because public accountability is best. We talked about it this morning with Jeff on stage. This will be my personal 1 million GCI year. And he posted that in the Glover Inner Circle. By the way, that is great accountability. Letting as many people as possible know your goals. But here's step two. It's one thing to state the goal and to make it public. Here's step two. Now what I want to know William or anyone else that wants to go from 100,000 to 200,000 or half a million to a million or 250 to 500. Tell me then, your goal is to go from half a million to a million in GCI. Yep, that's right. I wanna go from half a million to a million in GCI. Awesome, I love that. Now, tell me, what's gonna change? What's your life gonna look like in 2024 with a million dollars a year in income? What's your life gonna look like with $80,000 plus per month in income. Tell me, you're gonna go from, let's just say it's, it's 500 to a million, you're gonna go from $40,000 a month in income to $80,000 a month in income, what's gonna change? I gotta know what's gonna change. Well, what do you mean? 
Well, you just told me what your life looked like on half a million. Now I want to know what your life's going to look like at a million. So I want to know what it's going to look like at 80,000 versus 40,000 a month in income. Well, I hadn't really thought that far. Well, why haven't you thought that far? Well, because it hasn't happened yet. Well, then it ain't going to happen. Because here's what I know. We talked about it earlier with the Live Unreal formula. We're wired to have enough money to pay the bills and a little bit left over. That's just natural human nature. Most of us are wired to have enough money to pay the bills and a little bit left over. And if you can't clearly articulate to me, if you can't tell me point number one, why you want 100 sales, why you want a million dollars in income, if you can't articulate, it ain't going to happen. All right, I think I got it. Okay, tell me. Well, uh, my wife's finally going to get to quit her job. Uh, we're going to move to this. We're going to move to this side of town. We're going to get a four-bedroom colonial. Uh, we're going to have an outdoor patio with a pool. We've always wanted that. We're going to join a country club. Uh, instead of eating at Applebee's on Friday nights, we're going to eat at Olive Garden. I don't know how much of an improvement that is. Anyways, uh, you're going to do this. We're 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 going to invest. We're going to buy rental properties. We're going to do this. Da -da. If you can tell me clearly what you're going to do with the extra income, guess what? You're halfway there. But if you can't, it ain't going to happen. So before I get to point number two, I hope you can understand that I know this might seem, you know, like kind of pie in the sky, whatever kind of discussion, but I, I, I hope by now you realize the importance of this because I'm probably not going to bring it up again for the rest of the summit. What I have here in the plan to sell 100 homes does not matter until we're clear with this. That's where the fuel comes from. That's where the drive comes from. That's where the excitement comes from. So let me go to point number two. Point number one was understand why you want 100 sales. Point number two, make the commitment and then tell the world about it. Make the commitment and then tell the world about it. Think about it, what could you do? I mean, I had a, a darn license plate that said it. Do you know what else this Ryan guy did? Which I hope, I hope you guys get a chance to meet him. He lives in Holland, Michigan. And I asked him actually if he would join us at our Traverse City event, because we, we stay a little bit connected. And I said, hey, your memory is probably better than mine. I want you to collect all your thoughts of everything we did those first couple of years. So, number two, Make a commitment to tell the world about it. How could you publicize it? How could you tell more people about it? How could you, how could you get the word out? Here's my commitment. Here's my goal. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm committed to helping 100 families in 2024, and here's why. Number three, the plan to sell 100 homes. Plan like you've never planned before. Plan like you've never planned before. I can't help but think about that particular year is essentially when I learned the value of a business plan. And then I learned the value of a quarterly plan, an annual plan, a quarterly plan, a monthly plan, a weekly plan. Now, don't be like some people and they spend more time planning than actually in action. Okay, you're going to get passed up by somebody who's in action more than you are. But when I say, when I think of like plan, like you've never planned before, I wrote down next to this, what does this look like? It looks like once per week, 
for 30 to 60 minutes at a time, revisiting your goals and your plan. That's it. Once a week, going back to your plan and just flipping through and keeping it top of mind. There's so many things that come up. There's so many distractions. There's so many things that get in our way. All of a sudden, we're halfway through the month and we're like, oh my gosh, where have I been? I got to get back to this plan. I got to get back to basics. Plan like you've never planned before. Number four, on the plan to sell 100 homes a year, you have to set up tough accountability protocols. Tough accountability protocols. And I mean tough, John, Rebecca, tough accountability protocols. Not just a little bit. Not just, well, I got an accountability partner that I talk to every now and again. Well, if I don't get in, in, in my office in time, then, you know, it's okay. I can make it up tomorrow. That's not tough. Tough is sending, many of you have heard the story, by the way, I have a handful of coaching clients that just mailed me their checks. I remember the first thing I wrote down was 7.30 in office. By the way, if you want to write under accountability protocols, again, this is the plan to sell 100, not 25, not 50. It's not for the faint of heart. So I'm going to share things with you that you're like, eh, not doing that. Some of you thought that. So then you don't want to sell 100 homes because about 10 minutes ago you said you did. Which one is it? Everyone wants it, but not everyone's willing to do the work to get it. So 7.30 in the office. Well, first of all, that was tough for me. You know, when I first sold 100 houses, I think I was 23 years old. I was young, hanging out, going to bars, partying, whatever. And my coach said, Jeff, you got to get in the office at, nine, at, at 7.30. None of this 9, 9.30 crap like everybody else. So why do I have to do that? Well, because you have to practice and you have to role play and you have accountability and so forth. I said, okay, let me try it. And of course, first couple of weeks goes by, no success. I'm getting in at 8.30 one day, 9 o'clock the next day, 7.45. I think, I think the first week I committed to it, I did it. I got in like five minutes, 7.35 on day one and that was it. By the next call, conversation I had with my coach was, okay, that didn't work. We have to try something a little bit more intense. That's why I said a strong measure of accountability. Now, back then, I had sold 43 homes the first year and the average sales price of like 140, 130,000. So I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, I had decent money, but a hundred bucks to me was a lot of money still. And it still is a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But my coach made me write out five $100 checks to a gentleman in the office who was, you know, he said, Jeff, who's in the office before you? So, well, there's this one guy, his name's Frank. All right, I want you to go to Frank and I want you to ask Frank that if you write him five $100 checks, would he hold them in an envelope? And if you're later in the office, if you're 731, he cashes it. Like, that's pretty strong. Why, and why am I writing him five? Okay. Well, my coach was smart. Okay, his name was James. He said, Jeff, Chances are you're going to slip up more than once. And a lot of people who do these accountability things, once you slip up once, it's like, oh, well, that stunk. I guess that's over. No, once I slip up once, I got four more checks that he can cash. So we're going to keep this thing going. So this was the end of 2007 that I had this conversation with Frank and Frank gladly took my checks and said, oh, wait, all I got to do is be here and and, you know, I'm already here anyways. If you're not here, I just get to cash one? I guess so. That's what, that's what my coach said. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. Yeah, let's keep going. 
So by the way, that was the first year I sold 102 houses. That was my number that year. And Frank cashed, by the way, all five of those checks. True story. True story. Oh yeah. But you know what? It got me in the office the other days. I mean, I, I remember, you know, anyone that lives in a climate where, where it's winter, if you can picture, you know, your parking lot full of snow, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of my car bare feet with my shoes and socks in one hand, my toothpaste and toothbrush in another, and I'm sprinting to the back door of the office barefoot, with a suit on, barefoot. Well, why? Well, because I knew I only had a few minutes to spare before 7.30 hit. And so I started brushing my teeth and putting on deodorant and all this stuff at the office because I didn't want to lose the 100 bucks. True story. Our back door had a, the office door had a coat on it and Frank would stand there, I'm, I'm telling you, it'd be like 7.29 and I'd, get, I'd pull into the parking lot like on two wheels and I see Frank. <laughs> and I get up and I run to the back door and Frank is just, sta he's standing there watching me type in the code. He didn't even open the door for me. <laughs> Swear to God. He's watching me put in the code to get in the office when it's freezing cold out. That's strong accountability. What level of strong accountability do you need to help you overcome whatever it is that you've said, because you've all said you're gonna do something. You've all said you're gonna get in earlier. You've all said you're gonna lose weight. You've all said you're gonna, you're gonna prospect and, and pick up the phone this year. And you've all said I'm actually gonna call an expired or for sale by owner. You've all said that, but what level of accountability do we need to put in place to where someone says, if you don't do it, this is going to happen. That's what strong accountability is. So everyone in this room, okay, I, I say this at our tour stops all the time. Everyone in this room should be finding not just role play partners, because these people understand the value of sales skills, which we'll get into tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow I'm going to share with you for the first time ever, our last 90 days of listings taken. Every single source, every single address, you're going to see everything. But where that stems from is because every single one of you in here should be finding accountability partners, extreme accountability. And by the way, if your accountability session turns into like a negative or a BS kind of session, you got the wrong accountability partners. Because remember, you are the average of the five people you're spending the most time with. So you might need to upgrade your accountability partners. All right, number three. Or I'm sorry, number, uh, so four, I'm on four accountability calls. I'm going to give you a few. 7.30 in office, all right? So we'll call that 4A. 4B, 7 a.m. role play. Again, I'm just telling you what I did, okay? Do what you, do what you want with it. 7 a.m. role play. So Ellie, I'm in the car on the way to the office, running late probably, role playing with someone around the country. Okay, a handful of my role play partners from the early days are in this room today. For C, accountability protocol, watch this. I had to door knock if I didn't have an appointment to go on each day of the week that year. I had to go out and spend an hour at the door. My coach was smart. He knew, Jeff, I know you don't like door knocking. I can't stand door knocking. By the way, anyone besides me just despised door knocking. Raise your hand real high, real high. Oh, come on. All right. For those of you that didn't raise your hand, okay, we're in Chandler, Arizona. Let's go. After the breakout session, we're going to skip the boots and bling party. We're going to go hit some doors. Now, 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 now you don't like door knocking. Exactly. That's right. If I didn't have an appointment to go on, that was the penalty. It was so strong, it had to be something that was painful. 
set up accountability protocols. How else can I do that? I joined a mastermind group. I joined a mastermind group. Set up accountability protocols. I went to the gym at lunchtime and had a workout partner meet me there that was counting on me showing up. You wanna increase your gym sessions? Find an accountability partner that is counting on you showing up. Forget about your health, you'll show up just because you don't wanna let somebody else down. You'll let your own health down, but you won't let somebody else down. You wanna increase your, your activity and time at the gym, have a workout partner that's meeting you there. Set up accountability calls for also, for those of you that like the 50 deals or less plan, you'll like this one, schedule off time on the weekends. Schedule off time where you're closed, you're off. No answer, no response, no emails, no text messages. Well, Jeff, what if like a deal's falling apart? It's gonna fall apart. You understand there's enough hands in that transaction anyways, it's gonna stay together or fall apart regardless. I wrote down, set up strong accountability protocols. I, again, I was thinking, okay, what did I do that first year that was so different? This came to mind, so I wrote it down. I stared at the company listing and sales board daily. I remember walking into the office, it was right in the back of the office, the first thing you saw, listing sales. Why was I looking for that? Well, number one, I was competitive and I wanted to win. I wanted, I like to see my name up there. But number two, I wanted to see what other listings and sales were taking place. So that way, if somebody was doing a good job, I could emulate what they were doing. Set up accountability protocols is point number four. Point number five. Again, thinking about everything I did that, that first year, I sold over 100 houses. Point number five. I hired a coach, I hired a coach. And my hope is one day, you'll have an opportunity on this stage at one of our events to hear from my first coach, who probably remembers more than I've even forgotten by this point of what else took place those first couple of years. I hired a coach, that was the first year, 2007 was the first year I had a coach. Coincidentally, I went from 43 to 102 the next year. Number six, under the 100 deal plan, start your plan every year on December 1st and give yourself a one month advantage over the competition. Start your plan on December 1st every year and give yourself a one month advantage over your competition. All right, watch, we're gonna test something right here. Because this, we'll put this under, uh, I'll put this under point number six. So I'm gonna give you a bonus one, 6A. 6A. <clears throat> Again, 100 deal plan, ready? Take the total number of deals you want to close each month. So we'll call this 6A, it's just a bonus point. Take the total number of deals you want to close each, each month, or each year, I'm sorry, and divide it by 12. Give me, give me a monthly number. Take the total number of deals for the year. Divide it by 12. You'll arrive at a monthly number. Okay, we did it in the Live Unreal formula. 
Some of you it's five, some of you it's 10, some of you it's three, some of you it's 20, some of you bigger teams, 50, 100, 200. What is that yearly number divided by 12? Now, think about your number, do the math yourself. Write that number down and circle it, okay? How many deals do you wanna do a month in 2024? Write that number down, just your monthly number, and circle it. Everyone got their number? Now, my question is, and something I stared at every single day to create urgency, my question is, do you currently have, don't answer out loud, now some of you, you're gonna answer yes to this in your mind and maybe be so enthusiastic you are going to answer out loud, so I will welcome that. That number you circled. Do you have that number in pending transactions right now? No, most of us is no. Think about it. You wanna sell 100 homes a year? You have to have eight pending at all time. Do you have eight pending right now? Nope, you're already behind. So then what are you gonna do to make it up? What are you gonna change? How are you gonna get ahead? So in essence, the lesson in this is I always was thinking about if my goal was 100, I have to have eight pending at all time. And it was like, it kind of scared me when I would, you know, most agents, when they leave a closing, they're excited, they go to happy hour with their clients or whatever. I would leave a, clo a closing and I would be afraid. Crap, I gotta go find another deal. Because now I only have seven pending when I'm supposed to have eight. So what would I would do? Well, everyone's driving to, to you know, the pub, I turn around and I drive right to the office. And I get back, I put my headset on and I get back on the phone to try to find that eighth pending as fast as possible. Because if I wanna sell 100 houses, I have to have eight pending at all time. If I wanna sell 50 houses, I have to have four pending at all time. So that's a number that you should be giving some serious consideration right now. And then also, because it's the middle of the month, we're the halfway point of the month, if you're not where you're supposed to be, what needs to change when you get back? Number seven, write out your perfect schedule. Write out your perfect schedule, meaning it's yours. You own it. It's not anybody else's. Now, I will tell you in the next segment or sometime between now and tomorrow, I'm going to be sharing my recently updated 2024 100 deal a year schedule. It's different than the one that I shared a year ago because things in the industry change. So we will cover that a little bit later. I think it's tomorrow morning I'm doing that segment. So write out your perfect schedule. Number eight, rewrite your schedule if the first one didn't work for you. It's okay. I remember that first year I went through seven different schedules. I remember the conversation with my coach. Okay, we're gonna scrap this one, let's try another. Let's start over. That didn't work. There's no point in having a schedule to follow if you're not gonna follow it. So number eight is quickly rewrite your schedule if the first one doesn't work. In other words, you can't wait until we're halfway through the year and somebody asks you, so how's that schedule working out for you? Ah, uh, I gave up on that back in March. <laughs> what? If you give up on it on March 1st, then we need a new one March 2nd. Everything you do has to be done with urgency if you wanna win at a high level. Number nine. Again, thinking, all right, what was different? What did I do that first year? Number nine, I made finding new business. 
I made finding new business the only thing I thought about as soon as I got in the car. I made finding, again, I'm sitting there in my thoughts, okay, what was I doing? What was unique? What was maybe a little different about me? What made me a little weird, whatever. What was different about me versus the other agents? Okay, well, here's one thing. For, for starters, I got in the car at the same time every morning. That's different. Secondly, I made finding new business the only thing I thought about in the morning. We'll talk about a little bit more of how we can do a better job of owning the morning and winning the day during tomorrow's session. I've got a whole new, new set of notes on that too. Number 10, how I went from 43 transactions to 102 in one year. Number 10, I absolutely, positively made 25 contacts before noon. I had until noon to make 25 contacts. I mean, I can't think of a day, I mean, maybe one day I fell below you know, 23, 24, but then I knew the next day I'd make it up 27, 28. That was the number. For a good portion of the, the, the 10 year stretch where I never drop below 100, that was the number. 25 by noon, get it out of the way. The most miserable part, get it out of the way. By the way, what's really cool, tomorrow, Kate Simon's doing a segment on where those contacts should come from and the results that you can get, you can expect from each source of business. We can't wait to share that with you. That's number 10. Number 11, under 100 deal a year plan. If no appointment is set in the morning, number 11, if no appointment is set in the morning, start thinking about who you're going to see in the afternoon. If no appointment is set in the morning, start thinking about who you're going to see in the afternoon. I hated this part of it, but I also knew it would be the most effective. I hated the idea of door knocking, but I also knew that getting out in front of somebody would be the fastest way to a paycheck. So what does that mean then? Watch. If I've got no appointments set, I need to start thinking about who I'm going to see. What that means is no matter what, while I'm driving to the office, in my mind, I know I'm going to see someone today. I don't know where I'm going to get them, but I'm going to find them. It's either going to be through prospecting or going out and seeing somebody. So what did that mean then? Every single day, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, and every Saturday, until I started to learn how to take some Saturdays off. But every single day for five and a half, six days a week, I suited up, ready to go. Put on a suit every single day. Because you dress for what you want, not for what you have. You dress for what you want your calendar to say, not what it currently says. I don't care that your calendar doesn't have an appointment, you're gonna find one. And if you dress as if you're going to find one, then it's going to put you in the right mindset to say, you know what? I just paid 16 bucks to have this thing dry clean. I got to find somebody. Otherwise, it's a complete waste. I go to the gym. I sweat in it. I'm going to have to send it back to the dry cleaner. I better get some use out of it. You dress for what you want, not for what you have. You dress for what you want your calendar to say, not what it currently says. I don't care that your calendar doesn't have an appointment in it. 
If you show up assuming you're going to find one, you're more than halfway there. Number 12. Again, thinking about what I changed, what I implemented, what I do differently. I made sure, number 12, I made sure to always have the best materials for my presentations. I made sure when I went on appointments, and I still do this to this day. Oh, you probably have a lot of people reaching out to you about your house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did you get stuff in the mail? Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, one of the things we like to do when we take a new listing is notify all the agents that were interested in your listing that we have your listing so that way they're the first ones that can bring a buyer by. Now, if you wouldn't mind, I'll take that junk mail from you so that way I can go and start marketing to those agents as soon as I get back. Well, in addition to marketing to those agents as soon as I get back, what am I doing? I'm studying every single piece that's being sent out by the competition in my market. And I'm making sure my knocks there's out of the water. I'll never forget, I actually um, created this envelope that had this like uh, sold, like it looked like a sold sign, like a little rider that you put on the top uh, on an envelope, on a letter envelope. And I went to the post office and said, hey, what do I gotta do to make sure this thing doesn't get like picked up by the post office? How do I get this thing through the system? Like, well, you got to fade the address and you got to fade for the postage. You got to make room for all this. I made sure that anything I sent out or anything that I carried with me to an appointment was always the best that that seller was going to see that day, that week, that month. I always made sure my actual marketing materials would blow anybody else's out of the water. So always make sure you have the best materials for your presentations. By the way, I believe there's a breakout session. I don't remember what day it is specifically around creating great pre-appointment packages. So if you need help in that area, I would recommend you might want to attend that one. Number 13 on the 100 deal a year plan. Have regular call nights and prospecting blitzes. Have regular call nights and prospecting blitzes. I think there was a period of three, maybe four years where every Monday was just a prospecting day. Every Monday was a prospecting day. I knew that I was not going on appointments that day. I was either going on the, uh, going on the phone or I'm going out door knocking. I knew I would have no clothes. I'd schedule nothing on Friday or on Mondays. I mean, I did that for several years. Mondays was, uh, you know, we have this term within our uh, Glover agency, ultimate prospecting day. That's where it started. Every Monday for me was an ultimate prospecting day. It set myself up for the week. Call nights. I remember uh, Ryan and I, the, the first, we didn't even, the term wasn't even ISA. I basically, he was, you know, he was doing work for me, but I was also training him and, and, you know, he was being compensated for his results. We would have contests, especially in the summer. Those of you that are familiar, you know, depending on where your city falls on the, on the time zone, you know, summers in Michigan, it's late until over after 10 o'clock, 9.45, 10 o'clock. And so we would have a contest to see who could set the latest appointment. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'd call. Like, I mean, we, uh, he wanted to make calls after 10 p.m. I said, Ryan, we can't do that. That's too much. He's like, it's still white out. We would have a contest. I mean, we would go well into the 9 o'clock hour. I remember those days. He, see who could set the latest appointment. Have fun with it. All right, maybe not call after it. Don't go back to your broker and say, oh, this trainer said we can call after 8 o'clock. The law says 7.30 or whatever. I didn't suggest that. Just have call nights. 
Call people at different times you wouldn't normally. That's number 13. Number 14, from 0 to 100 transactions, or in this case, 43 to 100, I found that 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m., so 8 to 9.30 and 6.30 to 8, has the absolute best return on time for finding new business. Without question, 8 a.m. to 9.30 a.m., I mean, we would do studies, 6.30 to 8 p.m. I remember there was a day we had this uh, like room in the middle of the office downstairs, and Ryan and I would be testing, prospecting the best hours in this. And I remember for like two or three days straight, we locked him in this room. And I was prospecting too, but I was going on appointments, so I couldn't be around the whole time. From 8 a.m. until 9 p.m. We wanted to do a study to see when we could get the most answers and the best responses. And that's what we found. 8 to 9.30 and 6.30 to 8. And it wasn't just a couple days. I mean, of course, over time, I, I continued to confirm that with the results. By the way, the, the, that's over the phone. 8.30 to 9.30. I'm sorry, 8 to 9.30 and 6.30 to 8p over the phone. The best time at the door, 4 to 5.30. You have to catch them before they start dinner, otherwise forget it. It's, you're inconveniencing them. 4 p.m. to 5.30 is the best time at the door. Number 15, 43 to 100 transactions that year. I learned that follow-up is actually just as important, if not more, than the initial prospecting. Follow-up is just as important, if not more, than the initial prospecting. What's the point of being great at generating leads if you're going to forget about them? The majority of our appointments actually comes on that second, third, or fourth conversation with them. Number 16, again, these are in no particular order. I'm just sitting there on a plane collecting my thoughts. What did I do different that year? Number 16, I never leave a house to this day. I never leave a house without closing at least three times for the signature. None of this, all right, well, give me the night to think about it. Game on. There's one. Let's go. What else you got? Well, we got somebody else. Game on. There's two. What else you got? Three times minimum. And I would close until it got almost slightly uncomfortable. And at that point, I'd stop because I didn't want to push them. I didn't want to repel them. And you know what's interesting? Most of the contracts I got signed, Paulie, Andrew, most of the contracts I got signed came right at that spot where it got just a little uncomfortable or right before that spot where it got just a little uncomfortable. How many contracts are you leaving on the table because you don't want to offend them? I don't want to hurt their feelings. And then finally, number 17. And this might make some of you mad, and that's okay. This is, I, listen, I, I'll never forget. I forgot who it was. I think, it, I think it was when I was training and coaching and running an office for Kathy Schweitzer. They had 16 offices around Metro Detroit. I just remember telling someone, if I ever get the chance to be the guy that tells the truth about what it's going to take to succeed, I, just give me that chance. This is the truth. From 43 to 100 transactions, I stopped showing homes to buyers. I stopped working with buyers. I didn't even have a showing agent. I stopped working with buyers altogether. What'd you do to the leads? They probably went in the trash. I don't know, they bought with somebody else. I didn't care, because my mission was on selling 100 houses through listing property. Now today, I'm not suggesting you all, all go out there and stop returning calls on buyer leads, no, no, no. 
I want you to still have success with buyers because by the way, I still work with buyers. That year, it wasn't a focus of mine, so I blocked them out. But every year after that, I figured out I could be a great buyer's agent if I just don't show houses. Some of you might remember, I think it was January 2020, right before COVID, in Orlando, Florida, we had a summit where I had you turn to a clean sheet of paper and draw a line right down the middle. And I went through all of the activities to be a listing agent and all of the activities to be a buyer's agent. And we figured out exactly how much time it takes. By the way, the number's 38 and a half hours to transact one buyer transaction on average, 38.5 hours. 38 and a half hours. The average seller transaction, 17 and a half hours today. 38 and a half versus 17 and a half. You can do twice as many deals working with sellers. So I made the decision, no matter what, even though I work with buyers today, because here's what I found, you know, in those 38 and a half hours, over 65% of your time spent working with that buyer is out showing houses. It's out showing homes. So how could we make it to where somebody else does the showings, but we do the conversions, we do the buyer consultation, we do the negotiating, we do the closing, we keep the relationship with the client, but somebody else who enjoys showing houses goes out and does the showings. That be, should be something you all should consider.